All right, let's do the thing. (laughs) All right, sounds good. You're listening to the Run the Riot podcast, where we talk about all things ultra running. I'm your host, David Terrio, and man, I'm pumped that you are here. Let's see what we can get into today. Hey there, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the Run the Riot podcast. Today, we get to talk to Jonathan Prosser. Jonathan's 33 years old. He's up there in Kansas, north of me. And uh, it's been fun over the past few years as I've met Jonathan and watching him just grow as an ultra runner, as a runner. And uh, man, getting to do these amazing races, getting out there, training hard and crushing them. And we have a great conversation about about DNFs and then about learning from them and coming back. Man, I, I appreciate Jonathan and the things that he's doing. And he's got some big things on the horizon. And so enjoy the chat that I have with my friend, Jonathan Prosser. First, we've got to thank our sponsors, the Outlaw Race Series. Check out the Outlaw Race Series, www.outlaw100.com. Man, they've got fantastic races all around Oklahoma and southern Kansas. You will love the races. They're put on by great people. They know how to take care of ultra runners and trail runners. And uh, man, all of their races have distances from really low to somewhat higher. And uh, most of them have ultra distances. Check out the Lake McMurtry Run. In Stillwater in April, the Greater Roadrunner Trail Run in Roman Nose State Park in Watonga. There's a 4, 6, and a 12-mile option. The Flower Moon in Pawhuska, Dark and Dirty in Wilburton. Flat Rock Fall Running Festival in Independence, Kansas in September. The Thunderbird in Norman in November. And the Outlaw 100 that is in February that has distances from 135 miles all the way down to a 5K. And, uh, man, just great races. Can't recommend them enough. I do a bunch of them. They're awesome. We're also brought to you by Pure Tiva. Guys, we do some crazy things and we need to recover. And Pure Tiva is all about CBD recovery. There's a roll-on with a broad spectrum CBD that works fantastic on injuries and things that you have. There's also a cream that I love to put on sore muscles. Their sleep chews are amazing. It's all made in the USA and has an awesome bioavailable delivery system. So go to Tiva, T-I-V-A.TheRiot. Dot run. We're also brought to you by Runners World Tulsa. Go to www.runnersworldtulsa.com. And if you're in Tulsa and you need anything, you need shoes, you need a pack, you need clothes, man, just anything, you go by Runners World Tulsa and they will help you out. They know what they're doing. They run. They've been around runners. They're all about it. And so go to Runners World Tulsa. And last but certainly not least, Long Run Coffee. Yep, it's coffee with infused electrolytes. Check it out. Go to coffee.runtheriot.run and you can check out the Run the Riot podcast blend. How cool is that? That is all for now. Let's go on to the podcast. Today on the Run the Riot podcast, we got a buddy of mine, Jonathan Prosser. Jonathan, what's happening? Not much, David. Just enjoying Saturday and the beautiful weather today. Yeah, man. So you told me you went out and ran this morning. How far did you go? I got 15 miles in. Nice, yep. nice. Did you, did you do trail Half or roads? A little bit of both, actually. Nice. Yep. Met up with a couple of buddies, my Leadville Pacers, and then we joined a local trail group and did some trail. 
Okay. All right. Yeah. I do a lot of that too around uh, Turkey mountain here. If I've got like 30 miles or something to do, I'll start before daylight. And sometimes I'll hit the trail in the dark, but sometimes I'll just go get some faster miles on there. You know, we have some nice paved trails here in Tulsa and then I'll go finish it up, catch the last, I don't know, half or whatever on the Turkey mountain trails. And I don't know, it kind of, it's good. It gets you some good turnover and then you hit the trails tired. <laughs> Yeah, definitely help the pace. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, you get that a little quicker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. So I met you guys. I was thinking back. I was like, when did I meet you and Devin Nelson, man? And I met you guys. And we were at, I think it was when we were at Prairie Spirit. You guys were volunteering at an aid station and I was out there crewing one of my runners. That, that was the first time we met in person, right? Yeah, yep. We, were, we had been fans of your podcast and we we're like, I think David's going to be here. <laughs> we got to look for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny oh yeah. man it was cool it was cool getting to meet you guys and i just appreciated like you guys were there volunteering which is great i think more people need to volunteer and help out and help other runners and stuff while they're doing the thing and so it was cool that you guys were out there and i don't know man just you guys had just good energy and then okay so that's when we first met and then we got to run together at flat rock that was at 21 2021 flat rock when you guys were doing yep. the 100k yep yeah. yeah, we, we got to share some not, miles. <laughs> we were trying not to let you catch us, but we knew it was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's good. Yeah, I was only doing the 50K for everybody listening. They, those guys, and that was, it was a, uh, that was pretty tough. That was a tough 100K. The weather and just everything else, man. I, when I finished the 50K, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I'm done. <laughs> yeah. When you get to that turnaround, you're like, oh, man, I got to go do that again. Cause yeah, <laughs> it's a different mindset. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So I, refresh my brain, man. What uh, part of Kansas are you in? I live just outside of Topeka. Okay. Gotcha. Right outside of Topeka. Topeka Kansas. All right. So we're kind of similar, man. We're, we're in Flatsville. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yep. Yep. The biggest hill here is like 190 feet, maybe. Oh man. <laughs> so if you do hill repeats, you're like, I know where I'm going. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Everybody it's knows the, all the good hills. Yeah. Yeah. It's the hill. Oh man. That's yeah. It's tough, man. And I know you guys like to, we'll talk about that in a minute, but you guys like to go do some of the mountain stuff and everything, but it's, you just got to get creative with training and be as fit as you can be. Yep. Yeah. Yep. A lot of hill repeats. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Man, so you're in Topeka. Have, is that where you, are you, where you've basically grown up? Yes. I currently live like maybe five miles from where I grew up. Nice. Yeah, and you're, you're, Topeka. you're, yeah, for everybody listening, you're what, 33? I am 33, yep. Nice, 33, married. How many kids you got? Married, I got two boys, a nine and four. Nice. Avery and Jonah. Nice, nice. That's yep. a, for boys, man, that's an active age. <laughs> yes, yes, they keep my, they keep me busy. <laughs> yeah, cr wrestling with the boys is cross-training. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll get home from a run and then the boys are like, all right, dad, let's play. <laughs> and they want to yeah. do nerf wars and go outside play sports and all the things yeah i love it i love being a dad yeah that's awesome and that's it's not always like the thing you would choose to do especially when you get home from work or a run but but you got to do it man that's why you're here <laughs> yep hey what do you i don't even know this you probably told me before but i don't remember what do you do work-wise i actually about a month ago ended up changing I quit my job that I had for seven years as a okay. welder. 
I was okay. a fabricator and welder in a big structural shop, but now I am currently a stay-at-home dad and homeschooling. Nice. Okay. Yeah. No, I got the best job in the world, man. <laughs> dude, that's pretty awesome. I always told my wife, like, hey, if ever you decide you just want to, like... <laughs> I'll homeschool the kids, man. I'll be Mr. Dad. I don't, I'll do it. <laughs> yep. I didn't think it was going to be a possibility, but somehow we worked it out and we're giving it a shot for at least a year and see how it goes. Yeah, no, man, that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that, man. And there's a, I, I we homes, my adult kids. I'm just realizing, dude, you're close. My oldest daughter, you're close to my oldest daughter's age. Golly. You're right. Ah, okay. Wow. I'm feeling old, man. <laughs> I think you just aged yourself, David. I just did, man. Whatever. All right. It's okay. It's all good. You're, but, you're but, still in but, your prime. You're still in I'm your still prime, in my prime. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you pandering to me like that. <laughs> no, man. But but seriously, we homeschooled, homeschooled them. My my oldest daughter and my second daughter there a year apart for quite a while. And my son, my oldest son. And it was great. It was so good just to give them foundation, not only with educationally, but values. And it was good. And a lot, there's a lot of people who will shun that because of, oh, they're not socially whatever. And man, my kids were very socially adept. We made sure they had, because we we're very active in church and other things. And man, they, they were fine, man. They had friends and, and good. And when they did start going to school, they were great. They were fine. They were great. Yeah. There's so many other things that we're plugged into. I've never worried about that side of homeschooling being yeah, socially yeah, and yeah. not have, not well, having the social opportunities. Yeah. So the question is, are you going to, the teaching part, man, you're in it, you're ready, you're ready, you're doing it, you're good. Yeah, it's I'm learning as I go. So. <laughs> and that's so the other far, thing. So man. Yeah. That's the other thing, man. There are some great, as far as curriculum goes, there's great stuff out there that walks you through it. There's online stuff. There's a lot of things that are out there where you can give your kids a quality education at home. Even if you're not experienced with it, like, like seriously, it's, you can do it and man, I'll cheer you on, man. It's good. Keep it up. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So yeah. let's, I mean, wait, this, this isn't the schooling podcast, but you know, no. so man, when did you, when did you start all this running craziness, man? Did, were you, were, did you grow up doing, I always ask the question, did you grow up doing sports and like, is that where it came from? Yeah, I grew up, I didn't play, I grew up playing sports, but not on a team until I was my junior and senior year. I played basketball. Okay. And I think I just started running, like my start to running was really, I just enjoyed playing basketball and I wanted to be in the best shape I could be. And so yeah. I started just conditioning with running because I, you have to run in basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I used to hate running. Yeah. <laughs> I flipped the switch somehow. I was like, man, I kind of enjoy this. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I think that I think I started to like running around like 2018, maybe. Okay. Just found yeah. enjoyment in it. Yeah. You're, uh, how, you're tall, man. How tall are you? I'm six, five. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I remember looking up at you. <laughs> so I knew you were tall, but I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't remember if you were tall or yeah, you're tall. Yeah. Uh, so here's the question. You play basketball. Were you pretty good at basketball? Did, could you hold your own? I was okay. I played at a small, small school. So I never really had the, I guess the competition I would have at a public school. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I did all right for being at a smaller school. Gotcha. Gotcha. Hey, this is coming from a guy who who's I stink, dude. I'm terrible. I've tried. I'm the guy that 
I will have this where you play pickup basketball and I'll have one game every now and then where I just can't miss. And I'm just like, I'm just killing it. But the other 90% of the time, man, I'm just throwing bricks and just, just looking like a spaz, man. So, yeah. so anyway, that's me playing basketball. That's what I look like now. <laughs> okay that when you tried out yeah, yeah your body's like, i started running and i haven't played as much i'm like oh my gosh i'm horrible <laughs> yeah that's all that's awesome we that's kind of i just got back into jujitsu and in my brain i was I, I could still do what i was doing 12 years ago when i was competing and all that stuff so i was 12 years off the mat almost 12 years and i got back on and my body was just like what's wrong with you what are you doing it's trying to like okay my, telling my body to do this and my body's like I ain't doing that. I can't do that. So it's, it's rough. Yeah. That's a different thing to jump back into than basketball. Yeah. I finally got my body's like, which is great cross training as far as like keeping me a little more limber and all that stuff. But my body's finally remembering a little bit. So I don't look like a goofball quite as much and kind of, kind of holding my own a little bit as the old guy on the mat. It's fun. It's fun. <laughs> Do you still do like, okay, let's, before we even get into, I want to ask you about, do you do like some, any cross training or anything like that? Do you, I mean, I used to actually used to be a cycler more than a runner. And during the summertime, I'll get on my bike. Some, Mm. I don't really do it during the winter, but I love just doing like just hiking. Yeah. That's not really cross training. I mean, kind of, but I lift a little bit of weights. I'm yeah, I'm not, I don't know. I just haven't there's times in where I find it more enjoyable and yeah. when I have that itch to go do it, then I'll do it. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, I'm more consistent with the running side than the cross training. Got you. Got you. I understand that it's yeah, it's tough. Cause it's, I mean, the sport, our sport is running. What I'm discovering and what you'll discover as you get older, I mean, I got to get that cross training in. I used to be able to just kind of just go run, and, but the older I get, the more I've got to do the cross training to keep everything firing on all cylinders. So my man, so you said 2018, you started falling in love with running. And so what did that look like, man? How, how did you fulfill that? And did you start doing road races and things like that? Or what'd you do? Yeah, I I get the opportunity to blame my wife for this because she signed me up without me knowing for my first half marathon. Oh, nice. Okay. Why did she do that? She saw that I was consistently running a shorter distance than a half marathon. And she's like, I'm going to sign him up for a half marathon. And she had done it back when she was running cross country. And so that was the start of it. She signed me up. And then after I did that half marathon, it was just like, I drank the Kool-Aid and I was like, I got to have more. That's, if she, if she starts complaining about all these races and stuff you're doing, you it's your fault. You did it. Oh, I remind her. Okay. It's, it's like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, no. How did it go, man? How'd you do for your first half? Did you end up getting a proper, she signed you up. Did you end up doing kind of a proper training or you just kind of decided to wing it or how'd you do? I think I did like maybe two and a half months of, I didn't know what I was doing. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, you just, like most runners. I just went out and ran. I would have, I did a mix of what would be my long run then of like a fast tempo and then an easy run. And I was like trying to hit those three within a week. So that was kind of what I did for <laughs> before I knew anything. Yeah. Yeah. But it went good. I got yeah. under two hours. Yeah. That's fantastic, man. Especially your first, your first one, man, get out there and get first, first one involuntary half marathon. <laughs> Yep. It's so, a hillier one for a half marathon. It's got like 1500 feet a game. 
Oh, nice. Y'all, y'all got those in, uh, <laughs> in Kansas? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Go ahead. We can find hills. We can find all hills. All right. All right. That's right. It depends on the part of Kansas. I know that, what, Northwest Kansas has some stuff. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So you drank that Kool-Aid, and then what happened next? Man, it was just, I was looking for other races to jump into, and I can't remember how long the time gap was between that, but I decided to do the Kansas city marathon and that was my first marathon. And then like two months after that, I did my first ultra. (laughs) How is the uh, city marathon? That's one I haven't done. I actually like, it was a lot of fun because you get to run through the urban part of the city that you normally want it. Like you're on the roads and they block off all the streets and stuff. So I, for a road race, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I haven't been back just because I like the trails more, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. If you like the road running, I would recommend it. I do. I mean, it's been a, it's actually been a little while since I thought last year, a year before I did a a local, the golden driller marathon, just kind of for, I like to throw those in for training because it gives you a little push and, and I used to do more of them. And, uh, but when it, I need to look at that one. When is that one? Sometime in October. Okay. I couldn't tell you the day, but. That won't work for me this year. <laughs> I got October's booked, man. But uh, no, that's cool. Is it a pretty big, like, pr- what's the field look like? Is it a pretty big field? Um, people? The year I ran it, there was like 1,500 runners. Okay. That's a good size, man, for Yeah, it was a good here. size. Yeah. Nice. All right. So you did the marathon, and it sounds like you, like, immediately, like, I could, if I do a marathon, <laughs> I could do more. So how, which, what was your first ultra, man? Which one was that? It was at Perry Lake not it's like 20 minutes from Topeka they have some awesome trails for Kansas I mean they're really awesome trails yeah but it was called rocks rocks on Lake Perry I think yeah rock on Lake Perry I'm looking I got your rocks, yeah. pulled up right here there go. <laughs> I'm keeping you honest brother yeah I knew it was no, so, like this. yeah yeah so how did it how did it go man it's, I mean it's only a five mile bump but then you're jumping on trails so did from the marathon did you do some trail training to get ready for it. Yeah, I did a half marathon on the trails out there okay. in October. And then the the race was in January, I think. Yeah. 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 Sweet. So yeah, I did that. And that half marathon, it started sunny and beautiful. And then 10 minutes after the start, it was just a straight downpour and thunderstorm. I mean, nice. the whole time, lightning, <laughs> rain. <laughs> and before I knew Devin, he was running the 50K out there. Okay. And I was like, man, these are these crazy people out here still running the 50K. I'm like, I'm going home. Yeah, that's right. And then now you are one of them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's one of the great things about, I mean, running in general, but especially trail running. And you get out there and like you, we sign up for these races months in advance. And then you don't know, I mean, I don't, you don't know what it's going to be. And then and in some areas, it's like, it's typically warm. And then you get out there and it's, I don't know, it's freezing, it's raining, it's got hail, it's whatever, man. And the trails are normally like really nice. And you get out there and it's slicker than snot. <laughs> yep. She's got to be ready to adapt. And That's have, what and, I was and, worried about with Outlaw. Because <laughs> it's in February, you do not know what weather you're going to get. Dude, around here, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same for you guys in Kansas. You just don't know. It it could be hot. It could, yeah. You just... It, <laughs> You don't know. So you did it. How was the weather when you ended up doing your 50K? It had snowed the day before. So I had like two inches of snow on the ground and it was like 31 degrees. It was for me, it was perfect. Okay. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you had a, I mean, you had a great time, especially for that. And just w went out and got it done. And I, then you drank the ultra Kool-Aid. And so I noticed after that, like your next ultra, according to ultra sign up, your neck, you got more on, you just starts happening. It just, <laughs> <laughs> it just starts happening. Yeah. yeah. It's a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm looking and, and this is like, you did this in 2020. And when I met you guys, this was April of 2021. And so you were doing, this was your flat rock was your first hundred K, right? I'm sorry. Yep. 101 K 101 K who got it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was yeah. nice. And so that was that was a step up because before that, it looks like, man, what you had done a 66K, 50, you've done some 50Ks and stuff. So you're just pretty much doubling, almost doubling everything you did before. Yeah. I didn't go quite as drastic as you from a marathon to a hundred, but you probably, you're probably smarter than I am. That's and so, but, and I, actually, man, for anybody listening, flat rock is a, uh, I mean, that was, I know it was a, it, once again, that time of year, April, it can be hot. It can be cool. I think that was a pretty, it was a pretty warm time. I think if I remember right, it got pretty warm that day. Yeah. I think the weather was good for that. Yeah. But it's a great course. It is. It's even for an, it's an out and back. It's a, uh, I don't know. I really enjoy it. I like the atmosphere there. It's, it's fun. And so I think you guys picked a good one. And so I, this is what I remember. All right. So I caught up with you guys and we shared some miles together and I was, I had my headphones on. Of course I stopped it when I met up with you guys, cause I wanted to visit and it was just fun running with y'all and y'all were just having a good time. I remember that y'all were just enjoying it, talking, like we were laughing and you guys asked, Hey, have you read Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey? And I was like, dude, I'm listening to it now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. And so as we were talking, there were things that came up and you guys are like, green lights, green light. <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. That was our theme for the, re the run there. It was like, yeah. oh, that's a green light. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I've listened to it again since then. Cause that book just cracks me up. I remember running for that race, listening to it, just running through the woods, just laughing at the craziness that is his life. Anyway, that just stuck in my mind. So you guys got it done, right? I mean, you, you, it was, I mean, you guys, you got it done, did a good job. How was that experience in almost doubling your distance? Tell me honestly, how was it? I kind of knew that I would, I usually hit a low somewhere in the twenties and yeah. in the miles and it, I knew that I would have a low and I just have to keep going. And so I don't know, it never really scared me that I couldn't get it done. It, I was just expecting to have those, those lows and push through them. And the end of it was great. I felt okay. a lot, I feel a lot better. So it's 15, what is it? 15 miles out or 15 and a half. Yeah. Yeah. About 15 so and a half out. Yeah. So at the turnaround, the halfway of the out and back, I, I felt great. I was ready to roll. But yeah. the funny thing about that is Devin and I were like, oh, we're going to make it back before dark. And yeah. we had headlights at the turnaround and we purposely did not take our <laughs> headlights <laughs> like idiots, <laughs> like yes. new runners. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so the last two miles we ran in the dark. <laughs> oh no, man. Yeah. That's great. At least the last like mile, you kind of on pavement on the road to get there, but that, that must've been sketchy. That second oh, to we last were, mile. We were walking the first two <laughs> miles or the first, really the first three miles of the trail are pretty rocky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so there was at least a mile of that. We were just navigating in the dark. <laughs> That's so awesome, man. Yeah. Motivation. Yeah. But realization, real re reality, man. <laughs> yeah. We thought we could do it. We were moving along and then the sun just 
went down. It was, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. time kept moving. The nerve of time to keep moving. I didn't realize that I didn't, I was going to ask that if you guys had just kind of had a deal where you'd run together and then but you guys ran the whole thing together, right? Yeah. So a lot of 21 was our, we were doing that for, that was our big training yep. for the Silver Heels 100 in July. Okay. Right. I think that was July. Yeah. I think it was July. Okay. So that was our last big run before. Or Silver uh, Heels. Yeah. Let's talk about Silver Heels because I had some experience at Silver Heels, man. For those of you that don't know, Silver Heels is out and starts in Fair Play, Colorado. You start right, right, I mean, right below 10,000 feet and you go up and you stay up. And that is so you've heard me say this before and probably listeners too, but I had all of my 100 mile finishes were sub 24 until Silver Heels. <laughs> that course is tough. until you do it it's like it's a beast i I had aspirations yeah no and i did the 50 there before the last call 50 that starts at midnight and i did it and i almost dnf the 50 mile so i knew it was tough but you know you're like childbirth i guess you forget and you're like i'm gonna go i'm gonna crush it i'm in better shape and then you get out there but i had in my mind like i knew i was prepared to grind it out if i had to mentally i had to be ready for that uh what was what were your what was your mindset going into silver heels and versus reality i thought i was prepared and i wasn't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah i was like and i'm never gonna dnf this is not gonna happen i'm gonna crush this race <laughs> yeah and i just went in with all the confidence in the world and confidence will carry you so far but <laughs> <laughs> it's, and then yeah. reality sets in yeah the race went i mean besides it being a really tough course i think one of the big things that Devin and i had talked about that maybe hurt us is that we decided to run the whole race together and stick it out through the whole thing together. And in a perfect world that works, but you know, we just hit highs and lows at different points and yeah. it, you kind of with a hundred mile race, you really got to run when you're feeling good. And yeah. unless you have like a lot of time for extended cutoff, but yeah, yeah it, it just the times when he was feeling good, I wasn't, yeah. And I wanted to walk and we just hit our highs and lows at the wrong time. And it took a lot of time off of yeah. the cutoffs for us. Where'd you guys end up timing out at or, or, or not finishing? Where'd you guys, how far did you get? It was Trout Creek. So it was at mile 70. We oh, had, man. oh man, dude, I can't tell you that the five miles from what is the, what is that aid station before that? I don't know. It's all a blur to me, dude. <laughs> uh, but I just remember it, we left the one eight station. We were the last runners on course. So yeah, we're back to pack. Yeah. And yeah. we left the aid station. They're packing stuff up and it was 2 AM and we have a 2000 foot climb up and then <laughs> over, over this Ridge to go down into trout Creek. And at that point, like I had been, that was the coldest I think I had ever been. My core temperature was dropping and, but that five miles, I fell five times No, because, <laughs> because I couldn't keep my eyes open. I was, I, that was the longest I'd gone. Uh, yeah, we were yeah. like 24 miles or 24 hours in at that point, I think. And I had never gone past the 14 
at yeah. uh, the flat rock race. And so that was a new experience, but I was slapping my face trying to keep awake and it didn't do any good. <laughs> and I, the aid station before that, I didn't want to take the time to drink coffee. I was like, no, I'm good. Let's just go. Oh man. And, and it was the biggest mistake. I will never do yeah. that again. Like that was the point where it's like, no, that was my body saying you need some caffeine to just yeah. keep you awake. And I think that would have been a totally different, totally different outcome if I yeah, had yeah. taken the time. Yeah. It lessons. You, those, and then I've had DNFs. I'm going for redemption on one of mine in October. And you just learn those lessons. And sometimes you're like, ah, I should have known better. I should, hindsight, man, always like stupid. <laughs> I yeah, I, but- so I didn't realize that you guys had decided to, to run it together and do that to kind of share it, which like you said, in a perfect world, it sounds great. We'll kind of pace each other. Did you guys have a crew out there? Yeah. Yeah. Our, our wives were okay. our crew. And then I had a pacer lined at mile 80 to do the last 20. Okay. Justin Newhouse. He finally got to pace me at Leadville, but okay. <laughs> when we get to that, yes. but <laughs> yeah, I was, <laughs> I was so mad at myself that I didn't make it to him. Cause he was like, and we were in a dead, like trout Creek is a dead zone where we did, or when we stopped yeah. Silver Hills and I couldn't contact him. And yeah. so he was just like, my phone blew up when I got into cell service. He's like, where are you? What's going on? <laughs> I felt horrible. Oh man. That, and that's one of the tough things about just ultra running, man, is trying to like logistics and communication because in something like, like that, man, you just don't know. And you can give out, I always give my wife, hey, look, this is funny. I found this in a drawer earlier. This is when I, one of the times I ran Arkansas travelers, my pace chart that I carried with me and I give my wife one too. And like, so she kind of knows when to meet me. And sometimes I'm ahead and sometimes I'm not so behind. But That's anyway, impressive that's a- that you can even get it close to the time that you will be there. <laughs> I'm just like, I'll be there when I get there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so for your first, for, this was your first hundred. Did you, did you plan out? Like, did you have a pace chart? Did you kind of plan that out with an idea or anything like that? Just curious. Cause I'm a spreadsheet guy and I always, I've always done that, but some people don't. Did you try that? Yeah. I kind of just took it off of the cutoff times yeah, and made yeah. sure that I kind of kept a average pace, like maybe two minutes under what the cutoff would be. So it would add up that I would make it in before. Yeah. But I mean, I think we held that for a lot of the race. Like we're still ahead of the cutoffs, but it just, I don't know. It caught up to us slowly. There's a couple, there's a climb on there, man. I don't even remember where it is. I should remember because I did the 50 mile there and the other, but it goes like straight up. There's no switchback or anything it won't go straight up and it does well i think it switchbacks a little bit but it's stupid high and stupid steep and i remember just having the in the altitude i remember taking a few steps and just having to take a break taking a few steps and then having because it, it was just so steep you might remember where it is I don't was know. that was it in the woods or exposed out in the was it on it a was road exposed. Or? yeah no it wasn't on a road it was single track but it was exposed Oh man. And it had a, there was a flat area, kind of, kind of a field with a few trees here and there of single track below it, you know, that when you got to it and you got to it and you just kind of go up and it, it, it might have switched back a little bit, but most of it was just kind of straight up on that thing. I, I don't remember I, I where you're talking, but I can't remember the aid station that I think that's uh, if you would have left trout Creek. Okay. Going outward. Maybe so. I just, I was in such a daze both. Yeah, it was. <laughs> 
it's, it's like ah, oh, this stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No. The but, jungle but, hill climb is the one that got me. Really, I don't even yeah. remember which one that. I mean, I, I'm serious. Like it follows a creek a through the woods. Okay, and it's just up and up for like three, four yeah. miles. Straight. I remember that one. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, that was w- one of the races we saw a moose. I think when I did the fifty mile, we saw a big old moose coming around. Around, I think it was around that area, and I had a little stare down with him. And he decided to go the other way, or he decided to go, and then we realized the trail was going where he went. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, that's you a, don't want to get close to those. No, I heard too much. Saw too many YouTube videos. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. No moose for me. Avoid um, the moose. You avoid the moose. Yeah. What were your, so you learned love le- lessons learned. So you, it sounds like your big lesson was on that one. You like go and run your race. That that was your for big, sure. did you learn anything else that from that race that you took into your next hundred miles? Yeah. I, I learned a lot about nutrition, hydration on it. Yeah. The altitude. I burned a lot more calories than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> your stomach does weird stuff too. Oh, for sure. I've yet to throw up in a race, but I came close in Silver Heels. I got nauseous and lightheaded because of lack of everything. I didn't have enough, or I didn't take enough in. I had it with me. I just couldn't, I could not get it down. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough first, man, with dealing with altitude and and everything else. But so you, you, you guys DNF, you know, there learned some lessons. And then, so in order to redeem yourself, you decided to sign up for a really easy hundred miler next, right? Your next yeah, hundred exactly. miler, super, super simple, right? It was uh, the easiest one I've done. <laughs> easiest one you've done. Which one was that? Tell everybody. Yeah. So on the way home after DNFing Silver Hills, I, uh, I was like, I know I can finish a hundred miler. Like I know it. I, I just, I don't know. I had that feeling and I was like, I'm going to do it. And so I was like, what's one that has stuck out to me that I really want to do and I have the time to train for it. And I signed up for the outlaw 100 <laughs> down in Wilberton and that course is for real. <laughs> yeah. So it's not an altitude issue, no. but it's listen, everybody who, so all honesty, I haven't been on that course, but I've talked to enough people who have run it and who have been on it. Like people are like, Oh, how hard could it be? And then you talk to them after and they're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I was not expecting what that course did to me. It was a seriously, it was like, I was like, Oh, I can, I can handle that. Like it had less elevation gain than silver Hills, And I was like, yeah. I, it's not at altitude. And I went into it just underestimating it a little bit too much. Yeah. Yeah. So what was it about the outlaw course that was so tough? The rocks. Right. <laughs> They're everywhere. And a lot of people, it's like a large portion of it's just not runnable because of the rocks, right? Yeah. Yeah. The rough canyon section on the seven mile loop. So it's a 13 mile loop and a seven mile loop. Okay. And the start to the seven mile loop has the rough canyon. And in my, out of all the courses I've ran so far, that's the most unrunnable section of course that i've ever been on <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah so it's been interesting watching like and seeing people that i know and like people who are like you know who go out and crush other races and then their times come from there compared to outlaw <laughs> and it's like okay <laughs> i see it's pretty yeah. tough but you got out there you said you it was you, you realize like, okay, this is going to be tough. How did you adjust your mindset and how to adapt and keep going? Because you finished it just to, 
spoiler alert, you finished it. You got it done. Yeah. And so all 34 um, hours of it. <laughs> hey man, 34, but listen, 34 hours, but you were in sixth place overall fourth guy. I mean, like, and there's yeah. not, I know it's not a big field or anything, but dude, I mean, you got it done. It's just, it's a tough course. So how did you yeah. adapt your mindset and then continue pushing through? Because I, I'm sure there were some lows there. So with Silver Hills, like there was, I went into it with so much unknown and uncertainty in myself and my ability. And after that, I just, I don't know, with Outlaw, I knew I could do it. And that was the big mm. like light switch. It was just like, I had the confidence then and yeah. my nutrition was better. I had just hired Cliff as my coach nice. uh, yeah. just before that. So it was towards the tail end of my training, but he helped me a lot with fine tuning my nutrition and hydration. And that helped a lot. I yeah. stayed on top of calories and I never... Honestly, I don't think I had a low moment besides just normal tiredness. Yeah. Like the course is tough and nobody should underestimate it, but I think it was just, I don't know. I had a lot better mindset going into it with what to expect on how tough it would be. That's good. And just a shout out to Cliff Pittman. Cliff's a great guy, great coach. Yes, uh, absolutely. I enjoyed... What's that? Absolutely. He's a great yeah. coach. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. Lo love Cliff. And he's just want to make sure and give him a shout out because he's helped me with a lot of stuff and he's a buddy. But as far as because you were out there, this is the law by far the longest time you're out on a course. Did you drink the coffee this time when you needed it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. I drank the coffee from like maybe like I had a little bit around like midnight when I started to get a little tired and then it was just a slow drip of coffee throughout the night. And then man, when the, I almost cried tears of joy when the sun came up the next day, I was just like, that's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's something man. And was it, I mean, once again, the weather can be whatever for that race. And it, we've had, they had the ice year. What was the weather like that year for you? Yeah, I was preparing for the ice here, <laughs> just in case. Yeah. Uh, but the weather was actually great. I think the low got to like maybe 27, 28. Okay. And then the next morning on Sunday, it got up to, I think when I finished, it was like 50 degrees. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, it was beautiful. It was for me. I love winter running and that yeah. type of weather was just perfect. There's yeah, a little yeah. bit of wind, but for the yeah. most part, I could keep my body warm. Nice. So having gone through and okay, just hanging out with you guys a little bit and talking with you guys, you get out there, man, you're gung ho for, for silver heels. We're going to crush it. And I remember talking to you guys about it and, and then you get out there, man, and just kind of crash and burn. It, it doesn't work out according to plan. I feel that, I know that disappointment. And then you get out here. I just love that you leaving that like just ha still having that confidence in yourself. I love that knowing like, okay, I made some mistakes, but I can do this. So I love yeah. that. And then you go to, uh, to outlaw, uh, underestimate it, but still keep pushing through. And then after 33 hours, 56 minutes and 22 seconds, you cross that finish line. You achieve that goal of finishing your first hundred. You get that beautiful outlaw buckle. How did that feel, man? Dude, it was next level of just joy, honestly. Like I wasn't really, there was a point before I finished that I was like, I'm going to finish this. 
And that's kind of when I had my emotional, like, this is crazy. I'm doing this. And, but when I crossed that line, it was just pure joy. I had my Ed, Ed West came out to pace me and Devin, they were my two pacers in that. And Justin Newhouse, he was, he ran the marathon and was out there helping crewing. And then my family, my mom and my wife and boys were at the finish line. So I had a great support crew and that made all the difference in the world that I, I say all these races and stuff wouldn't mean anything if we didn't have our friends and family to share it with. Yeah. It would. It, it like the buckle it's a thing i look at to remember or remind me of the memories yeah. of the course but yeah i just being able to share that with my friends and family it was great great satisfaction and joy yeah that's what, I, I think uh, i did a little jump i don't know how i had that in me but i did jump <laughs> across the line <laughs> you weren't you weren't jumping high enough to slam dunk or anything i'm sure but you just, no <laughs> it, it probably felt a lot higher than it was <laughs> yeah I was lucky I didn't pull anything. <laughs> That's kind of like at the end of an ultra when you're like, man, I felt like I was sprinting and you look down at your watch and you're like, you're doing like a 13 minute mile. It's like, what? Is <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh man. No, man. But that's that, that feeling, especially after that long road and all the training you put in and let's face it, man, you're uh, what you just said, not only the having people at the race to share it with, but knowing we take all this time to, to train, you know, you've got a family and that takes, you got to balance all that stuff when means some early mornings or late night, whatever, to be able to get your training in. And so it's, it is a group effort and it's families sacrifice time with us. And we try to minimize that, we try to keep that as minimal as possible, but pretty much every Saturday morning, my wife knows like I'm pretty much running and I might not be back until noon ish or something because yeah. that's just the nature of it. And there it's a sacrifice, you know? And so it's, a, it is a team effort, whether we agree with it or not, or whether people admit it or not, it's a team effort. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I I feel like this is like, I picked such a selfish sport, but I love that my family gets to, they love me by allowing me to do it. Yeah. And it's a way that, they're showing me love that they let me do it without saying, we wish you would stick around more. And yeah. I just make the most of the time that I'm not running. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the things we've got to do, man, as dads and husbands. <laughs> yes, man. So you got it done, man. You got that, that, that monkey off your back. And then, then you decide because you are who you are. You want another easy hundred miler. <laughs> So, so Leadville after it was Leadville's your next one, right? I was actually, I had already won my entry into Leadville before I did Outlaw. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So all right. On ultra sign up, the Austin Rattler, the 66K. Yep. Yep. That was the race that I drove myself all the way down to just outside of Austin, Texas. A little drive, yeah. ran the race, and I knew I wouldn't win or podium to like right. win, win a ticket, but they had, they did a drawing at the end of it. So anybody that finished the race got to enter the drawing for a Leadville ticket. Yeah. And they had, they said they were giving away five tickets and there were all the people that put their name in that were still there. I counted around like 45 people. Oh, so nice. I had, yeah. I had a five five and 45 chance to whatever that yeah. odd is. I don't know yeah. to, to get in. And I was like, man, I don't know if I can get better odds than these. So they, they drew the first five. I didn't get it. And they say, well, hold on. They gave us more tickets. So they, they had like 15 
Yeah. And I was like, oh man, I really might get Yeah, that. that's a one in three right there. <laughs> yeah, so this little girl, they asked her, she was pulling the names out and uh, they asked her how many more. And she said five, five more. And so they did five more. I was the ninth person out of 10. Nice. And I literally was already, my mindset was already thinking, I better find another race or another way to yeah. get into to Leadville because I couldn't afford the run camp to get in. And yeah. so I was like, well, I'll just enter the lottery and maybe come back here next year. And then they drew my name and I was, man, I was so excited. The people looked at me funny because I was jumping <laughs> up and down. I mean, that was, that, I had listened to David Goggins books and the Leadville 100 just like stuck out to me as like my impossible yeah, it was like, man, that that would be crazy if I could ever even attempt it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I got into Leadville, <laughs> dude. And that then, is awesome. I made the decision to def they gave me the option to defer it, so I deferred it to twenty two instead yeah. of twenty one. There was the uncertainty of with COVID and everything. Yeah, and I just I was like, it's just going to give me more time to train. Yeah, yeah. So nice. Yep, I did it. Went there in so 22. I, I did Silver Rush hoping to get my coin drawn. Didn't happen. I've been in the lottery. It doesn't happen. I had volunteer <laughs> hours. This year I had 10 volunteer hours donated to me. Still didn't get picked. So I just signed it, up. Right? It, It'll happen one day. But I refuse to do the camp out of principle. I'm not buying my way in. I'm going to get in. <laughs> so it's like that's just yes. even if I could afford it. But I, I'm doing I just signed up for Silver Rush as a training race for Moab. And uh, right before we got on, I did it. And I'm hoping maybe I'll get a coin. That's one yeah. of them that's kind of tough because there's a lot of people there, but I'll try again this year. I've um, heard that's a hard, I've never ran that one, but oh yeah, I've heard it's, it's really hard. It's tough. I did it as a training race a couple years ago and my, my goal, I wasn't pushing hard, but I really didn't have much more to give with it. My goal was Cliff was coaching me at the time and we said, okay, we're going to shoot for a 10 hour, 10 hour on it. And it was like, 1001 or something like that. I got it at 1001, but I couldn't have done much faster. Just oh just man, that's altitude. a really good time at altitude. altitude. Yeah, altitude and everything, man. It was kind of it was hot. I think I think that was a the tough thing. It was hot and high altitude. It just that heat hits a little different. Yeah. But man, all right. So you're a flatlander with a basically flatlander, low altitude guy with a ticket to Leadville. What did you do, man? I know you had Cliff in your corner. What did you do to get yourself ready for that? I just trusted Cliff, honestly. Yeah, you I, was, just, I put a lot of trust in Cliff. I knew that he would put, if I did what he told me to do, that he would put my best self on the start line. I have to yeah. put in the work. Yeah. And I feel like yeah. I did, did put in the work, but I just trusted the process. Yeah. We say what, that what, jokingly yeah. sometimes, like you just got to trust the process. You really no, do. Just trust the process. Yeah. I tell the, the runners I coach all the time, like guys, like they have quite, you say, I'll answer all your questions and stuff, but just trust the process. And when they, I love when they achieve their goal and I'm, they, they like, you trusted the process. All right. It's good. So how did you, how did Cliff have you, what did you end up like, just curious, like peaking your mind? I know Cliff does training by hours and things like that. What was your, what did your peak mileage end up being about? Like per week or just out of curiosity. I'm just curious on. So like, I would say my consistent numbers were between like 45 and 60 and okay. then my peak i went down to arkansas to do a training camp and okay. cliff actually came out and ran one day that was the first nice. time i met him in person oh uh, nice! i think i it was like 80 okay in, yeah in a week which for me that's really high like i feel yeah good i feel good at like 50 to 55 jumping it up to 80 was 
I'm not a high mileage type of yeah. like when I see people run like uh, over a hundred miles in a week, I'm like, that's just not me. Yeah. yeah. You, you have life hard. Yeah. I, and I'll get, I've gotten up there a few times and boy, it's stretching thin, man. It's tough. So you did, I mean, you put in quite a bit of miles and hours to, to get ready for it. It was that your main, as far as like kind of preparing for altitude, because one of the main things you can do, you know, where we are is to go in as fit as possible. Did you do any kind of heat training or anything like that to help with altitude or did you do have anything else or you just kind of tried to go in real fit? I ran in Kansas. That was enough heat training. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that's honestly, yeah. It, yeah. It, it was warm. It would be warmer here than it would be there. But yeah. as far as like doing heat training, I never did any sauna or anything. No, our plan was just to, to go out Silver Hills. I went out the day before the race. Yeah. Yeah. And so this one, I was like, no, I'm going to acclimate. And I, okay. with work and everything, I was able to get there, I think 10 days before the wow, race. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And it made a huge difference. I mean, yeah, really that was, I think that was the key to, honestly, I felt confident when I got on the start line because of it. Yeah. That that's huge. I remember when I, and I shared this story before, but running Silver Heels had showed up the day before, and I was running with this guy from France, and he's we were talking, and he was like, "You've been here 15 days. How how long have you been here?" And I was like, "I got here yesterday." And he's like, "What?" He's like, yeah, <laughs> like I can do what I can do, man. No, man, that's huge. That's great. So you got to the starting line feeling confident, man. That's good. You you put in the training and um having dealt with silver heels before i'd imagine you kind of were prepared a little more for altitude type you were acclimated a little bit ready for it but prepared for nutrition and then cliff does a great job of trying to get you to prep for your nutrition ahead of time if you trust yep. the process and listen to it and so you, did you how did the race unfold for you did you feel like it did pretty good yeah we had we talked about the game plan for the race and it was i'm not a fast runner i was like i'm gonna have to run a smart race and stay under leadville's hard because of the cutoff times for, yeah. for you know, a flatlander <laughs> unless you're a faster runner but it, it, so it's hard because of the cutoff times and my game plan was just to bank energy and not time and yeah. to make sure that i'm coming in under the cutoff times and getting yeah. what i need and I think that was probably the smartest race that I've ran so far mm -hmm. as far as like keeping my pace. And it was close enough. It was like, we were ahead of the cutoffs, but it was still close. Like when I came in the outward bound at mile 22, that was when I was kind of worried. Cause I was only like 30 minutes ahead of the cutoff. And I was yeah. like, man, that is close. Yeah. Uh, They're tight at the beginning. That's happen. what's tough about that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My, my son, Avery, just came in. How you doing, <laughs> buddy? Good, <laughs> is he going to lie He's fine. So, so. yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So, you, yeah. that And that's the hard thing about Leadville is the cutoffs at the beginning. At the beginning are pretty tight. Like, you can't ease much. You got to get at it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It was a balance between going too hard and just hard enough to make the cutoffs. But I, I normally don't like look at my watch and follow a pace. But gotcha. for the most part, like every so often I was looking at my watch and like, just making sure that I wasn't too far behind right? what I yeah. should be. And it was just a smart race of keep keeping consistent with uh, saving the energy as walking as much as I could up the hills, up the yeah. mountains, <laughs> up yeah, the mountains. Yeah. But there, there's like three, 
I would say there's three really big climbs that, you know, with Leadville and I just made sure to save as much energy on the front 50 as I could. So I could use it on the back 50. Did you get an opportunity ahead of time to go and like, like hike, hike up a hope pass or anything like that? Or did you just experience it on the run? I chose not to go up hope just because okay. I've, I, Cliff and I talked about it and it would have, it would have been a little bit too long doing that the week before. And I yeah, couldn't make yeah. it out there before, before gotcha. that to, to okay. get up it. But I did the last call 50 at Silver Hills as my race to train me for Leadville. So I yeah. got out to altitude, it was like a month before or three weeks before. And uh, so I did that, but I did, when I was out there acclimating, I did go up from Twin Lakes, which would be inward to the finish. So there's a climb there that's like, it's straight up, like, I don't know, 1800 feet or something. It's another one. Like I heard people like say, don't underestimate that climb. Cause yeah. you're at mile 62 and that climb will sneak up on you. Yeah. So I went out and like saw firsthand what I had to do after I got back. Yeah. If I made it back over hope pass, <laughs> yeah. Get that. that, that steals a lot of people, the yeah. hope pass climb. Hope Pass is, so I've hiked, hiked up it and ran back down it as a training weekend, kind of a doing, I think I, which I went do, I think I did Silver Rush and we did Hope Pass and then we went back some 14ers and as kind of a weekend training and yeah, Hope Pass is no joke, man. If I get into Leadville, I'm going to go ahead of time and I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to run up it, go to Winfield and come back. But so you experience in it during the race, man, how did you like, Oh, what have I gotten myself into? <laughs> Yeah. So I felt pretty good getting into Twin Lakes. And then I knew that hope was <laughs> the climb was there. And it was like, yeah. and the, you run through this meadow and through a little river and then you're at the base of it. And by the mileage, it's like, you get to the base and it's like, oh man, I have the next four miles straight up. Yes. <laughs> yes. It was, I'm a flatlander. I don't have mountains to train on like that. And I knew it would be really tough. And it just, do you know what Jake Bradley? Yeah. Yeah. I know Jake. Well, yeah. Okay. So Jake, I had his voice in my ear. He's just saying, he's like, dude, you just got to keep moving. Like, don't <laughs> do not worry about your pace. Like just <laughs> one step after another, you'll get to the top. And I just, my, my low moments, I think I, yeah. I don't think I sat down on the hope climb, but I just had Jake's voice in my mind. Like, and I just, nice. I slowed my pace, but I was like one, one foot after another. Yeah. And made it up to the Hope Aid Station. How do you know Jake, man? Through through Cliff or? Yeah. So he actually okay. came out. He actually came out with Cliff to Leadville. Nice for the race. And so that's when I met Jake. Yeah, okay, he's a yeah. great dude. Yeah, he's an awesome guy, man. Yeah, I met him and his family when I first did Traveler. My my parents were crewing and hanging out with his family and stuff like that. And so we, Jake's awesome. I love Jake. He's a great. He's, I need to get him on the podcast. He's a yeah. great, great guy. Yeah, he helped out so much. Yeah. Just his so, knowledge because yeah. he's done the course. So yeah. And that's great advice. Just keep moving. You'll keep moving forward. And hey, are you still there? Lost yeah. you for a second. Okay. <laughs> but and uh so anyway, yeah. So anyway, you just kept moving forward and you go down. And I got to look down going into Winfield. And you gotta, I'd imagine you probably while you're going down there and it's pretty steep. Were you able to kind of were you able to run down it or we, did you have to kind of take your time going down a little bit i ran down parts of it but i really didn't want to blow my quads out so to speak yeah. i wanted to still conserve my ability to run downhill and yeah. so i i took it pretty 
easy on the downhill into Winfield. I knew by then I was still under the cutoff, yeah. but still worrying about time. So yeah. I, I did hur- hurry, but not yeah. like sprinting or anything. Yeah. Just went down with some good intention. Yeah. And then you get to Winfield and then I turn around and back up that bad boy. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. That climb in my experience, that climb was the hardest part of the course for sure yeah. is coming yeah. back up from Winfield. You're still by yourself there with the new rule. So yeah. I had the hope climb all by myself and there was a couple of other guys that I just latched onto and we just played leapfrog. Yeah. We were all, sometimes one of us would break off and take a break. And then we just yeah. kept playing leapfrog all the way up. And that climb was, I recommend people go out and do it just to experience it. Like on fresh legs, it's a hard climb yeah. when you're, I don't know, what was 50 I something like in? Yeah. 54 <laughs> miles in yeah. it's a totally different yeah different different climb but yeah the i cried when i got to the top honestly <laughs> i was just like <laughs> it's, it's awesome the feeling of making it to the top and then i assessed how much time i still had to get down the twin lakes and i was like i can do it i got two hours i can make it six miles downhill in yeah. two hours as long as i don't <laughs> twist my ankle or something <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so oh, just, just that feeling that was the point in the race where i was uncertain on that climb yeah. And then when I got to the top, it was like, I can do this. Like I saw that it was possible at that point. Yeah. That man, that's good. That's good. And so, I mean, you got it done, man. What did your time end up being? So I finished it. I think it was 28, 24. Okay. That's, that sounds about what I saw. That's yeah. awesome, man. What a great feeling, especially at altitude and having the experience you had before and then coming into to Leadville. I don't know what it's like. How is it? crossing the finish line at Leadville, man. The best experience I've had finishing a race. It, <laughs> yeah. it was, I want to re I relive it in my mind and it still lives up to it. It was, if anybody dogs on Leadville, go run the race. Like yeah. the atmosphere, just having all the people there, it was next level of nice. excitement at the finish. And yeah, Cliff and the Jake, and Devin and Justin, they were all running in. And then the last little bit, my boys joined in oh, and, man. uh, but Cliff pointed out, he's like, dude, that's Scott Jurek. <laughs> and Scott was there clapping us as we like, we're running. Dude, to the Scott Jurek cheered for you as you finished. <laughs> <Let's> yeah. <laughs> and it was just surreal. I was like, oh, that is Scott. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Uh, what a great experience, man. Yeah, it was just awesome. Oh, Absolutely man. awesome. Man, no, I love that. I love it. So, yeah, you got it. That's a, a huge deal there. You got it done. And then, but, um, so that was last year. I mean, that was 2022, right? Yep. Yeah. And then, because I'm looking and I see it was August of 2022 and I see October, you did Hell Creek 100. You might as well use the fitness, I guess, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was kind of my, I don't know if I have the energy, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So to everybody listening, Hell Creek 100 out in Grove, Kansas, and you went out and you won the thing. Yeah. I somehow had enough energy to put on a good race. Yeah. And yeah. How is that? How is that race, man? Hell Creek. What's it? It's, it's all single track. So it's a 20 mile loop. Okay. Uh, it's a mount, it's the mountain bikers made it, but it's a great course to run. It's almost, yeah. it's almost harder to mountain bike it than it is to run it. 
Okay. But yeah, Chase, Chase and Casey Hammond put that race on nice. with Ultraverse and they do such a great job that like it was a, a smaller, like going from Leadville with all the people to having, I think there was like seven or eight runners in the hundred mile. Nice. It was a little bit different atmosphere and I, it was my last race of the year and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I had friends I, out there. Yeah. I love both types of races, man. I like the big things, but I also like just the kind of small, intimate, everybody knowing everybody and stuff like that, man. And you're right, Chase, Chase and them are, they're awesome. They're great people, man. They like to take care of their runners. Yes. They do a great job. Yeah, man. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I'm looking at your ultra sign up, and we talked a little bit before you got some, you got a big year ahead, man. I see you, you didn't get enough of flat rock doing 101 K you're going to do the 101 miler. That's on there right now, but no, oh, uh, okay, I need to talk okay. to Jeremy about changing that. Uh, okay, so right. yeah, I will be out there most likely be doing the 50 K, but okay. talking with cliff, that's kind of too close to doing the race in october the kd225 i will not be doing the 101 this year unfortunately okay okay Okay. but you did sign up for a chasing them the kd225 miler which yeehaw man yeah that's what i got past 100 There you go. And good thing about it is it's Missouri. I think even though it's got some pretty hilly areas, but it looks to be a pretty uh, rails to trails, pretty flat course. And dude, that's going to be cool, man. It's going to be a whole new world out there, man. You thought you were tired before, sleepy before. You're going to have to drink a lot of coffee on this one. There might be naps in this one. (laughs) There might be naps. No, man, I'm excited for you to dip your toe into the 200 mile distance, man. And not dip your toe, like you're going above, you're going to 225, but that's going to be fun to to train for and get ready. And all the logistics are just kind of so different, man. I'll be following along and rooting for you for sure, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. It's the unknown, but that's why we do this. Sometimes we got to keep pushing and find what we're capable of. Yeah. We'll Well, see. (laughs) Yeah, man. Yeah. I like what you said in the podcast with uh, Megan about not knowing that you were, what was your phrase? You weren't a 200 miler when you signed up for time. Yeah. Oh, but you knew that you could be. And I kind of said, that's kind of my mindset is like, I haven't done it, but I think I can. So why not try I like it, man. I like it. And I see you, you got a last man standing in April. You got big goals for that? I want to break 100. Okay. So gotcha. I fig- that, I fig- that would I fig- be 100. I've never done 100 in 24 hours. So that's my goal. Nice. That'll be good. Man, I still, I keep saying it, but at some point I'm going to dip my toe into the last man standing events. I got a, that's a totally different animal and you got to figure all the things out. At some point I'm going to jump into one of those and, uh, and see what happens. Yep. I think you we- should do it. It's in April. <laughs> oh man. Um, look, yeah, I probably could fit that in. We'll see. <laughs> I have to look at the schedule. <laughs> Don't tempt me, man. I just did. It's been great visiting with you, brother. And I love watching the things that you're doing. And I love that you're pushing your limits and looking to see what you can do. And uh, man, I'll be your biggest cheerleader watching you. And, and if February now I can do anything to, to help or cheer you on, man, let me know. I love the energy you have and that you're just out there doing it. You're a dad like me, just doing the things, man, and husband and a dad and getting out there doing hard things. Things to show your kids that you can do hard things. Man, be your biggest cheerleader, brother. Keep doing it, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, the ultra running 
community is the best. It is, it's a one of a kind. That's for sure. It's all the friends you meet and new people. That's what makes it special. Yeah, man, hundred percent. And I know we'll see each other at some races. We're too close, and we got we share too many of the same one. We'll see each other before too long, for sure, man. Sounds good. All right, brother. You take care. All right. All right. You too.